Hi everyone, Chad Emerson, downtown Huntsville, Inc. We are back for another episode of the DHI Explorer podcast, and we are super excited to have our friend from Low Mill Art and Entertainment, Marcia Freeland. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. All right, so if someone's new to town, and there are so many people new to town, what is Low Mill Arts and Entertainment? What is Low Mill Arts and Entertainment? Because it's a little bit of everything (laughs) cool. Everything, yeah. (laughs) Um, I say it's an incubator for artists and makers. Um, Working studios, 153 working studios. And we are now the largest privately owned art facility in the nation. And when you say studios, Mm -hmm. one of the things, and we'll, we'll dive more into this in a little bit, but when people think about art, they think about painters and maybe sculptors, but it's so many different mediums and so many different type of makers, right? Right. Lots of different dif- disciplines, Every, pretty much everything you can imagine. And they're working studios, so they have um, the public's allowed to walk into the studio. So you can just walk into the studio and explore the studio with the artist and see the artist at work. So we're going to talk about um, the studio experience there. We'll do a little walkthrough. But before we do, how did Marcia Freeland end up at Low Mill? I ended up there. I graduated. So I have a strange history. So I graduated from UAH, and I needed a, number one, a show, because they double booked the, they double booked the um, gallery at UAH, and I needed a space for my senior show. So my senior show was actually the show that opened the mill, um, the third floor in 2009. Okay. Um, And then I got a studio right after that um, on the Flying Monkey floor when the Flying Monkey Collaborative was there. Second floor of the main building? Of the South building. South building, okay. Yes, and um, I was contemplating grad school when the Hudson's reached out to me and I interviewed for the position and um, I got it. Did you ever think you would be leading a what is it 100 200 square foot artist colony i mean was that on your playlist <laughs> yes it actually was okay, in a strange cool. way so um in my prior jobs or prior experience i did lead teams of creative people um in the visual world um for retail spaces and um in grad school i was thinking about like the big art fairs, doing something along those, because I like working with a lot of different people, um, and I like collaborations, and I like putting people together that might not necessarily go together, or um, I think everybody can go together in some way, but um, I guess just seeing those opportunities when someone comes to you and they're thinking about doing this, and you know this other person, so just getting those two people to come together. Like putting a uh, artisan popsicle, a bourbon maker, and a meadery <laughs> next to each other. Exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so those right. are all next to each other on the second floor of the North Building, right? Yes, exactly. Right. Um, so to, first of all, I, I forgot to ask, that first um, exhibit you did at Low Mill, tell mm-hmm. us about your exhibit. My exhibit, um, it was my senior show, and I, um, so I went to school late in life, um, 
I got the opportunity. I was I had severance money, so I thought I'm going to go to school. And um, I loved UAH. I had already taking, taken a couple of classes with Dr. Stewart out at UAH, and I just love the atmosphere out there. And then when I got into school, I was able to, I said, I can take any class I want to fulfill um the major and they said yes as long as you know you take it doesn't matter what discipline you take um so i i went crazy i went i learned how to do printmaking i did bronze casting so i had a little bit of everything in my senior show so the first time you visit the mill i don't, I don't know if that was for the show or if you've been there before but you drive down seminole or ninth or however you got there um what was your first impression of low mill my first my first impression was I didn't, I was like, am I in the right place? Because the first, the very first time I went to the mill, I went for a Betty Page show. <laughs> they were having a Betty Page event, and this was before the mill was even built out. And it was on the second floor of the North Building. And um, there wasn't, there's was probably maybe 30 to 50 people there and um, walked into that environment and saw all these creative people um, that had come together and just loved it. And um, I went back to Birmingham and then I was invited again to a fashion show and that was on the first floor. Um, Iris Billiter had a fashion show and I was invited to that. So I have this very strange existence with the mill. And again, I went back to Birmingham because I was living in Birmingham at the time. So I, the, the mill just kept pulling me back in one way or another. Feels like it keeps on cycling does, back into your life. It does, it, it did okay, many times. So um, again, we're talking about the mill and I, I'm, been there so often most Huntsvillians have been there a lot for different events but again if you're new to town let's kind of walk through the geography of the mill okay it's in the original mill building in low mill district right right um and we talked about the north building and the south building so let's start describing what you would expect to find in the north and south buildings because i think the south came first or at least i remember visiting the south first right it's um i call it a frankenstein <laughs> um i think it's put together um that way because um the Hudsons were renovating it as they could or as they, um, you know, the, the Flying Monkey Collective went in on the second floor of the South Building first, and then it was the third floor and then the first floor of the South Building. And then um, I came on board um, after my predecessors had done all that hard work and um, started renovating the railroad rooms. Yeah, so tell us about the railroad rooms. What, what, um, what's different about them as opposed to the North and South building? They're larger studios, um, and they're usually anywhere from 800 to 4,000 square feet. So they're much larger studios, and they're outside. They have outside doors, and um, so they're different from the smaller studios um, inside. So um, on the railroad room, uh, one of my favorite memories of Low Mill is to go to the old Tangle String Studio yes. and listen to live music. And while that's on hiatus, and hopefully Danny comes back, but if it, even if it doesn't, there's other event venues in addition to studios inside the mill. Yes. So maybe talk us about... Uh, the outdoor event venues, the dock, and then there's even something as small as Vertical House does live music to walk us through some of the ways to experience live events at the mill. Yeah, there's all different ways. So there, um, there, there was a great 
I guess when we were doing the drive-in movies, so we were having the drive-in movies on the outside of the North building. And at the same time in the theater, we were having an event on the second floor. At the same time, there was the quinceanera going on in the connector room. And then in Dragon's Forge coffee shop, they had a vampire lounge going on. So um, there's out so there's outdoor spaces or events event spaces pretty much I'll rent anything (laughs) as far as as space it's like if someone comes to me and they want to do you know they see this space and they they say I'd really love to do whatever here I'm like okay let's do it let's see if it works Um, and so that's how a lot of the spaces have come that way someone's done an event there or thought it would be a great a great place to have their show or wedding or whatever. So in addition to third party events, you all have curated your own events. What's a what's an event in the past where you look back and you're like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that a, a low mill created event. Low mill created event. Well, um, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I loved when we did the um, steam works out of the third floor we had we built that big racetrack where they race their cars from third floor all the way onto the lawn yeah i remember um, that yeah, like flying down there it's like a pinewood I, derby for little yes, cars but to see the kids they were like just losing their mind you know like oh my gosh um another one that i thought was hilarious was froggy fresh we had froggy fresh in the connector and again that was really cool to see little kids just lose their mind when froggy fresh went up on the stage because i didn't know who froggy Fresh was, but the kids. I were still just, don't know who was, Froggy Fresh is. You're going to have to look. You're going to have to. You're going to have to look him up. Okay. <laughs> Kid friendly. Yeah. Okay. Froggy Fresh. Definitely. What about um, in addition to events and artist studios? You also uh, food and beverage is a major part of the mill. Kind of walk us through uh, the beverage scene and 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 how you balance that with art because almost all of the artists or all the beverage are very artisan in the beverages they create right right they're all creative in their process they're all makers um like pizzelles chocolates um they came michelle and caitlin came to me and they needed just a small space they just wanted to see if it could work and um as you know kitchen space is just really expensive um so they started with um 800 square feet and um that they uh they did it. They um, started creating all their chocolates and then they needed to expand that railroad room into a larger to that they have a cold kitchen and a hot kitchen. So um, those types of things. But yeah, so um, I'm trying to think of beverage. So Caleb, um, Christopher with Piper and Leaf, um, I actually was in a printmaking class with him at UAH and he came to me one day and he said, I need to become legit. And I said, well, you need to be juried in (laughs) because he was selling tea at the farmer's market and they told him that he needed a kitchen space. And um, so we did, we created that kitchen space on the the dock and that, that we built that out. There wasn't there before but you know we just came up with that space and he it was his vision in that space so. yeah the original piper and leaf yes kind of coffee and tea studio there i, I wonder yes. how many cups of tea they have served out of that space i mean that because it's it's always become one of the most iconic when you go to low mill you get a jar or a glass of tea right yes exactly and walk around with your tea yes <laughs> so one of my favorite parts of the mill is on i guess if that's the north building it's the northwest corner of the north building 
And there's a run of four food and beverage options. It starts with Dragon Forge. Yes. And then you have um, the Meadery. Yes. Help me with the Meadery. The meter, Ravenwood. Ravenwood. Meadery. And then you kind of turn the corner and there's Susie Pops. Yes. And then there is a distillery at the mill. So let's <laughs> yes. start with Jeff Irons. How did a distillery end up at Low Mill? He um, he juried in just like everyone else. And um, he went through the process. And man, what a process it is to get a distillery um, I think anywhere, um, but jump through all those hoops and, um, he did it. And now I think just now his, um, cause I was so ignorant of a distillery at the time. I didn't realize that it had to sit in barrels. And the other thing I didn't realize is that it needed to have the temperature change from really cold to really hot. Um, cause I, th- when he asked me for a Rick house, I'm like, well, I don't, have any air conditions he goes no I need it to be as hot or as cold so um yeah he has the Rick House going now and there it used to be I think he sells it a little different now but for a period of time there it was like a first come first serve buy it and you'd go to the mill and there'd be this line of people waiting to buy the little allocation right <laughs> yes all yeah that happened when he won the the bourbon of the year um I came in one morning and there was a line all the way down the hall I'm like what happened what are they waiting for and he had to give out tickets and still you know at Christmas um it sells out super fast um, his his whiskey sells out super fast so mead yes um, mead is fun was it honey wine right yes fermented honey of, yes what is the backstory about how i believe huntsville's first meadery ended up at low mill it was not the first it's the probably the first commercial available one tell us how ravenwood uh, when you first met him you're like we'd like to do a meadery well rue was there as a textile artist as for at first and then she um decided um she wanted to do a meadery and she applied just like everyone else and said um you know would this fly and uh she wanted that space, and then she she did it. She's worked really hard for it and um, opened the meadery. But yeah, she the same process that Pitzels has gone through, or that anybody else has gone through to get there. And so you mentioned that's a really interesting concept. You mentioned a jury, so it's not just mm-hmm. a waiting list. There's actually walk us through like when you say a jury, what does that mean to get juried into Low Mill? So there's um um three people that jury um, and they change from time to time one person stays the same he's pretty consistent he is an art educator and he's not he has nothing to do with Huntsville he doesn't even live in the state Um, but again an art educator for many many years and then other people are they have something to do with the arts whether they're art educators or um, maybe they work in the museum or they work in a school or something something to do with the arts and they jury the person based on how not necessarily somebody that's just an established artist but also an emerging artist so it's based on either what are they going to give to the mill or what is the mill going to give them so if they're an emerging artist maybe the jury sees something in them that if they go into the mill they can see this might be a stepping stone for them this might help them grow because they have access to all these other artists or and all these different disciplines so so um in addition to the food and beverage the art i mean one of the things that's uh, really cool is you have there in one of the railroad rooms um 
a chef that recently took on Bobby Flay, yes. I think, on the Food Network. <laughs> yes. And it's a vegan chef, and she's amazing. Tell us about amazing. your new, relatively new vegan restaurant at Low Mill. The Eat the Veggie. Yeah, it, she's amazing. Um, I love her. Um, now I'm going to forget what it is, the Philly cheesesteak um, with the French fries. That's, that's to me, I was like, you should have cooked that on the Bobby flight, but I know you can't pick what you cook. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that dish. And then um, the employees that work with me or a lot of the people at the mill love her crunch wraps. Um, those sell out really fast. Um, she does a crunch wrap that's pretty incredible. And that, and she's not actually the first vegan vegetarian. Uh, there was a pioneer even before that. Tell mm-hmm. us about Chef Will. Chef Will's so amazing. Um, Chef Will is somebody that, um, to me, you can give him any ingredient and he will make something from it. I remember one time the gardeners, we have a community garden, and they grew the watermelons and the cucumbers too close together, and they made these cucumelons, if you will. <laughs> like hybrid yes. cucumbers and melons. It wasn't really a watermelon. It looked like a watermelon, but it tasted more like a cucumber, but it was huge. And they gave it to Chef Will, and, they're, and he's like, sure. And he made this incredible salad with um, like jalapenos and all types of vegetables in it. And it's just everything he makes is so amazing. Um, right now we have... Um, we have uh, fellows from Latin America at the mill. We're hosting them, and he made a, a southern meal for them, like greens and cornbread and black-eyed peas, and they were just, they were like, this is so good. Fried okra, they'd never had fried okra before. They didn't even know what okra was. Some of them didn't, and they, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was amazing. The things he, he cooks are, like, everything he cooks is just so amazing. Chef Will, right mm-hmm. there, uh, right outside in the parking lot. Yeah, people f- actually fly in, um, like Tim Kerr, um, one of the artists from Austin. He flies in and he wants to go straight to Chef Will. And nice. I have several friends that fly into the um, to Huntsville and they want to go go eat at Chef Will's. So one of uh, my favorite things, I keep saying my favorite thing because I love just about everything about the mill. <laughs> so I have a Chad. bunch of favorite things, right? Um, it's not just a shopping or a passive observing experience. There are so many ways to interact. You can play a cigar box. You can have art classes. You can play pinball. You can do screen printing. Tell us about the interactive opportunities that the public can come in and take a class or uh, enjoy some type of experience. Yeah, there's all types of classes. And um, I get that question a lot, like like what classes can I take? And I I always advise people to, you know, on the outside of every studio door, we have signs that has their contact information. And I said, if that's something you're interested in, take that picture, reach out to that artist and see if they will talk to you about, you know, one-on-one class or do they have classes or, or what is it that you want to do? Um, I find a lot of people um, are in their nine to five jobs and they want to do something creative. They miss that. And so they'll go take a jewelry making class or they'll take a painting class or ceramics or um, photography or whatever it is and you have that opportunity to take a class with someone or if you're already um, you're in a stat you you know that discipline already you have the opportunity to work with an artist Um, sometimes an artist will collaborate with you Um, you have those collaborations going on as well so there's a lot of different ways to experience the mill whether it's taking a class or collaborating 
collaborating with an artist or just working with the collective because there are collectives at the mill as well you can go in and be a part of that like the Huntsville Art League you can go in and say you're an established artist um, become a member with them and display your wares there and take classes with them or take your kids to a class and go yes. on to Ravenwood and have some meat, right? <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> or Dragon Forge and have a great uh, exactly. Um, okay, what's the deal with the kitty cats? The <laughs> There's kitty cats in the there in the middle. Kitty cats. What, what like is kid. the kitty cat? I was like, I don't know how that. Like, I don't. I didn't in my mind. Like, what is have, it? Describe it to us. So <laughs> it's a cat cafe, um, and a lot of people. Um, go and visit the cat cafe they they in the cat cafe there's lots and lots of cats and they also adopt them out they adopt these cats so they go rescue the cats and they adopt them out but in the meantime there are people um i met a girl not too long ago from i think she was from germany and she missed her cat from home and she's a student here at a&m and so she she goes into the cat cafe for an hour and spends time with the cats. A lot of um, students go in there and spend time with cats or people that have maybe a siblings allergic to cats and they can't have a cat in their home. So, or they're traveling, um, they're in town for a conference or whatever, they'll spend time in the cat cafe because they miss their their um, cats. So yeah, it's a cat cafe where you can spend an hour. You have to make reservations. I have to say that. Um, you have to make reservations um, because they are booked up um, all the time. I don't remember when it opened. I remember it used to be over where there's like a steamwork facility kind of along there in the, yes. in the North building. So I remember walking in one day. I think I was walking to Happy Tummy or something like that. And I look in the room and there's like 20, 30 cats in there. Yes. <laughs> so I called Jimmy outside. and I was like, Jimmy, there's a room full of cats. Yes. And you know what he said? Well, ask Marcia about that. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Because he's like probably just as surprised. As I was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised that they were juried in, but they right. were, and they do bring a lot to the community. And um, there's a lot of artists that do things for the Cat Cafe and a lot of people that um, participate in the Cat Cafe in one way or another. Um, so it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's really cool to see people lined up on, especially on Saturdays down that hall, just watching the cats from the outside. Well, before we get to your favorite five, I want to talk about uh, a f- walk through a few uh, memories you've had since you got started there. What's been your personal biggest surprise since you joined the mill? What's been a surprise you look back and like, hmm, that was surprising. Well, the I guess the very first surprise was Pitzels. I I thought wow, okay, they'll jury in chocolatiers. I didn't, that never even entered my mind to see. I thought, how is this going to work? You know, how, and um, and then when you see how creative they are, the chocolatiers, it's the, of course it fits. And that sort of opened my mind to think about, you know, just anybody that walks in the door, don't even question what they're doing. Just give it to the jury and have faith in that jury that they, um, and they've led me right so far. Um, and you look at those truffles, and they are beautiful. pieces of art, right? I mean, you almost like want to look at them before you take a bite. I know, and I just I want to savor them. There are days when I just you know I'm like, oh, they're so they're so precious. You know, they're they're beautiful. They're handmade, and people they blow people's mind all the time. They just they can't believe how, yeah. So they they can't believe all the work that goes into them so. since you joined the mill um the biggest challenge you've had to overcome 
myself probably. <laughs> Self-awareness, <laughs> um, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Jimmy is um, pretty incredible because I... I'm um, a person that's like, okay, I need to do better. I need to do more. And he's like, you know what? You you did it. Just enjoy this moment. Go ahead and 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 enjoy what you've done so far. Because I I you know, part of my mind always goes to that. What if? And it's like, okay, stop that. Just enjoy what you've done. Um, so yeah, he made me sort of stop and smell the flowers there. And that's important, but not to um, steer you away from that. If you had the low mill magic wand what would be your biggest dream for the future at low mill so we're happy with the present but you know what would the future what would something you'd be like i would love to have blank happen it could be an event it could be a medium of art it could be could be whatever i would love to have the boiler room built out oh so tell us about that i was gonna ask you about that next (laughs) the boiler room it reminds me of kind of a freddy krueger experience right it is but to me it's so beautiful the boilers from chattanooga and it has a plate on it that says chattanooga on it and um that's the only part of the mill we haven't built out yet and it is just I, i just love seeing old machinery like that um that huge and I don't want it to go away, and we're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do with that? But that whole space right there needs to, to, to me, that's how I, like, if I do that, then I finish the inside of the mill. And then, of course, I'd love to plant lots and lots of trees on property, um, more trees. <laughs> well, and the mill um, is a, it's, it's an amazing destination within an even larger neighborhood. And it seems like in the last several years, the low mill neighborhood has really uh, taken off as someone who goes to work there most days. You know, tell us how you've seen this part of the city center change. It ha- It's changing, I guess, in the last, I'm going to say in the last six months, I've seen it change all around us. Um, on the north side, the west side, and on the um, south side, it's changing the neighborhood. I love Gold Sprint Coffee. Um, if I'm there on Monday or Tuesday and, you know, we can walk down and have coffee there. I love seeing our neighbors, you know, and we, I don't know. I just, I love having Gold Sprint right down the road from us. And, um, I, you're about to have some neighbors across the street. looks like they're going vertical with lofts. They are going vertical. And I've been away for what, um, like 12 days and came back and there's a huge, elevator shaft going up i think that's what that thing is and yeah, there's two elevator framing shafts. yeah and i that was not there when i left so that's exciting to see um yeah it's it's um i can't wait to see what the future holds well i love it, living in low milk because i can go out on my porch on an, any given friday night in the spring or the fall and sit on the porch and listen to concerts on the dock yes that's fun <laughs> it is fun we're doing a collaboration um for fall that we haven't done before with um um Jim and Terry Cavender, um, they have a recording studio, startlingly fresh records, and they all of their um, people are playing on the dock for fall. Oh, nice. So it's a collaboration. Well, there's some that. news. I know. In that cool? got Tim's attention. He looked up and said, "Yeah, that sounds great." <laughs> Do you? Well, um, yeah, we haven't even put it out. 
I guess I'm talking about it for the first time right now. <laughs> breaking news yes, breaking on the DHI news. podcast. <laughs> All right, well we'll, well, we'll 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 finish up with that um, because we can't be much more than breaking news. So, uh, one of the things. Well, thank you for all you do for Low Mill. Oh, you and your team just you. bring so much creativity to our city, and your your tenants or your whatever you call them, the people that make Low Mill so special are the people, right? Yeah. Thank you for everything you've done, Chad. Well, we like to end up. A, every uh, podcast episode with something called the favorite five. It's five questions designed to be one word answers. You can elaborate if you really need to. Okay. It's really designed to get to know about, more about the personality behind the person we just talked to. Okay. Are you ready for <laughs> I think so. Marcia's low mill themed favorite five? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you go to Pazell's. Are you going to get a seventh street truffle or a green dragon? Seventh street truffle. You go into Susie's Pops. Are you getting a peach basil or chocolate sea salt with cayenne? A leshy pop. Answer number three. Okay, we're going to got one of those guests, Tim. <laughs> All right, that's one. All right, you're going to Piper and Leaf. Going to say hi to Caleb. Are you getting a front port special or a strawberry sassafras? Strawberry sassafras. All right, nice choice. <laughs> You're going down to Vertical House Records and going to see Andy and Ashley Vaughn. Are you going to be buying a vinyl, cassette, or a CD? Vinyl. Nice. And last but not least, you're bringing back one low mill event from the past. Is it the low mill car boot sale or the pizza party massacre? Pizza party massacre. <laughs> That was so much fun. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't, that was like from the mind. I think Dustin, man, whoever just like it was Matt, Matt, whoever's, Matt Bacula. whoever's brain that came from. But that was, I, that was like in 2014 when I first moved here. And I thought to myself, where have I moved? <laughs> it's like a possessed pizza thing. And it's like Chuck E. Cheese. that just went bad, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, that's the level of creativity that y'all bring. So maybe uh, we'll bring that back. And so thank you for all you do. Thank you, Chad. And we'll talk to, oh, I should have asked, where can people find more about Low Mill on the World Wide Web? Oh, lowmill.art. Lowmill.art. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Marcia Freeland, and thank you for all of our friends at Low Mill. We will talk to you next time on the DHI Explorer Podcast. <laughs>